So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, sports biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Thank you for tuning in to the Run Pain Free Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. This is the open interview session with Lisa Jung. She wrote the book that every runner absolutely needs to have, whether you've been running forever or just starting out. You literally need this book on how running doesn't suck. <laughs> it's an amazing book, and we talk about it with her over a bunch of different topics that really help runners. So make sure you tune in and find your way to the description of this podcast where you'll find the advanced session to this exact interview with Lisa and all of our other experts from the Marathon Training Summit. Enjoy. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Run Pain-Free Marathon Training Summit. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. I I'm so excited to speak with you. You have such an amazing background and you're going to bring so much information to our runners. So I'm going to give them exactly a little bit of who you are. Lisa Jung, everybody, is with us and she has written about adventure, running, endurance, and outdoor sports for Cosmopolitan, Men's Health, Mental Floss, Outside, Self, Shape, and more. She was a contributing editor, editor for Runner's World and is the author of Trailhead, the dirt on all things trail running. And she's also the author about a book we're going to be referencing today called Runners That Running That Doesn't Suck. There it is. There it is. <laughs> How to love running even when you think you hate it. And she's calling to us from Boulder, Colorado. So welcome again, Lisa. Thank you for joining us. Thank and you for I want to get into oh, first I want to say if I look at this book as the non- runner's guide to running and the beginner's guide to running. I think any any runner who's even thinking about running should literally read this book, Soup to Nuts. You cover it all. I think it's amazing. So I want to thank you for that. As okay. someone who deals with beginner runners all the time, I get asked half of these questions on a regular basis and you just lay it right out for there. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Glad you like it. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to share it. So let's get right into these questions I have for you. Okay. So running is something we feel at Run Pain Free all human beings should be doing. And we believe in the runners having specific and personal reasons why they run. What is your running story and your why for why you run? So my running story starts with the fact that I hated running. Awesome. In high school. <laughs> so I wasn't always a runner. I. Um, I hated it so much that during track practice, I was on the track and field team in high school, but I was a jumper. So we just, you know, jumped, didn't do a lot of running, but at track practice, there was a two lap warm up, and I would hide behind the high jump mats during the two lap warm up because I didn't want to do it. Yeah, that's how much I hated it. So um, I eventually, so that all changed uh, the summer going into college. I knew I had to run a sub seven minute mile to walk onto the volleyball team where I was gonna go to school. And so that became my why. And I sort of forced myself to run. I would go down to the beach because I loved the beach and I just figured oh, I might as well be somewhere I like even if I'm gonna hate doing the running. Um, so my why that summer became run a sub seven minute mile, but that all changed. 
after I did that and then quit volleyball, my why changed again. I just then had nowhere to move really because I had been playing ball sports forever. So my why became, okay, now I'm gonna enjoy this motion that I've gotten accustomed to and get out every afternoon during college and run along the beach. And then my why became, well, I kind of want to watch the sunset from when I turn around that point, you know, and then I just kind of got addicted to the feeling. And so my why sort of evolved over the years, but um, I think that sensation of how running has made me feel and the adventure aspect to where it brings me personally is now my why. And that sort of stayed consistent through the years. I love that story. Your, <laughs> your, your why was kind of like simmering underneath all of it. It, it really right. what kept you through the sports you loved and it was always your baseline. You didn't even, and it wasn't like you realized. That's awesome. I, I didn't realize that. it for a while, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. So then I want to ask you, how important is it for a runner to know their own why? How important is that? And how, how does that affect a runner in their long-term running path? Yeah, I think um, the why, I mean, like mine did, my why changed over the years. I think it's important for runners to ask themselves why they're running or why they want to become a runner, and maybe that'll change. I mean, I think I think with people who start running for weight loss or for fitness goals, that can motivate them for a little while, but that joy isn't really there. And so I think for that subset of person that they while they're doing it, and it's good to have a goal, but while they're doing it, they try to dig deeper and find out like what's gonna make them keep doing it. Like how, kind of maybe ask, maybe it's asking the how, like how, what is it in me that wants, that's gonna want to keep doing this? Is it location? Is it time of day? Is it the company I'm in or those types of things so they can sort of find what speaks to them with running as opposed to making themselves do it to lose five pounds or, I don't know. I just don't know that those goals are sustainable because then you kind of end up hating it. I think if you're not doing it in a way that suits your personality or suits even your mood for that day. So I guess it's constantly like looking inside to see what is your what is your true why, and if that's not sitting right, maybe just mix it up and try something different, and maybe a different why will present itself. I think it's just important to like be in tune with yourself and uh, to not be afraid to try new things. Like I said, whether that's location or I guess environment is the same as location, but um, situationally with, with people or without people or with music or without music or on a track versus a treadmill, like those types of things. And then I think that will sort of help you find your why and help you continue on longer than maybe your first goal that you set for yourself. I love that. I love that. And I like that you have, I always ask runners when they come to me because we deal with injured runners. So for the most yeah. part, and I'm always like, okay, well, you know, what, 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 why did you start running? I always ask that question and I always love everybody's story is different, but it lends to the fact that you're, you know, you're speaking from a place how it evolves. And I think it's okay that it evolves and maybe oh, people yeah. don't realize that over the, I think that's really important to hear that. Good. Okay. Um, so there are people who have, who have been told that running is terrible for you. And then yes. there are those people who think it's just really too hard and complicated to start running. And runners hear those two things and think they're both ludicrous. <laughs> what do you say to a beginner runner who's heard all of those opinions and they still want to get to start running? Well, I think people need to be kind with themselves and not expect themselves to be able to go out and run for a half an hour straight if they haven't ever. Or that 
being a marathoner is the only thing that makes you a runner because neither one of those things are true. Like if you head out and run or start walking and then run a little bit and then walk and then run a little bit, you're a runner. Like there's no set distance that makes you a runner. There's no set speed that makes you a runner. There's no particular body type that makes you a runner. I think people need to just understand that if you head out and run a little bit, you are a runner. And that, that also speaks to running not being terrible for you. If you do it um, in a, I don't want to say responsible way, but if you do it in a way that you're, allows you to listen to your body and you do some maintenance and take care of yourself and not just push beyond maybe what you should because you're following a strict training plan, then it's not terrible for you. I mean, you can get Im immense physical and mental benefits out of it and learn to love it at the same time without being so hard on yourself and expecting certain things distance, speed, a look, a, a anything. I think runners can be any anything, any speed, any shape, any form. And that sort of speaks to both of those things, I think. True words, true words spoken. I have to say, I get it all the time because we have people who are five minute runners and we have people who are in the back of the pack. You know, we, right. we deal with them, they're all athletes. They're all athletes. And I call them, I, I refer to them as athletes. I talk to them like athletes. And I, I, I really reiterate this in their heads constantly because it's not an easy thing to run. Right. <laughs> like there's a reason why, I always say, there's a reason why NFL players have a bucket list to run a marathon because it's not easy. <laughs> like I say that all the time. Like you guys really don't understand what you're doing. I don't know why you don't, who, I don't know where this comes from. So I okay, right. thank you for saying that. That's so, so imperative. Yeah. Which brings me to part of your book, page 109, Star oh, yeah. Who You Are. Yes, I find, yeah. that, I find that so impressive. Um, again, running that doesn't suck, how to love running even if you think you hate it. Um, can you elaborate on why that makes it okay to just start where you are to get started running? Yeah, I think um, I'll have to remember exactly what I call the different, there, I set it up with like four different types of people who are reading this book or getting started running, but it's also the fourth one or even the third round are people who run now, but maybe don't love it. They sort of have a love hate with it. So the first category was people who've never run. I think I wrote it down because I was going to call it the wrong thing. So these are the never, ever, like never people, right? Got it. Like ever. I'm sorry. I think I just misquoted Taylor Swift because some <laughs> one of my friends was I had it as a never ever and they're like, why don't you make it never ever like ever? Like Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, well, okay. Anyway, there's that person who has never run before and that person again can become a runner. If they've never run before, that person should not just head out the door and expect to run for 30 minutes straight. So that person should start with a walk and then run a little bit and walk a little bit and eventually become a runner. But that person needs to start where they are. And then the next level was the returning athlete. And those are people who like played softball in high school or played soccer and just haven't in a number of years, but they have the muscle memory. Like they, their body knows how to run, but they just need to tap back into it. And that person needs to approach running differently from someone who maybe runs all the time and hates it or <laughs> runs all the time, and, you know, they're just different levels. And so there's in the book, there's different, I don't want to call them, I mean, I do call them training plans, but they're more like learn to love running plans because they are catered toward each type of person. And then there's the non-running current athlete. And this was sort of inspired by people at my CrossFit gym. I go to CrossFit for, body, for maintenance to keep me healthy enough to be a runner. 
without going crazy at the CrossFit gym, but there's a lot of people there who are like phenomenal athletes, super strong. But they also, the only running they do is like around a parking lot in a CrossFit gym. And so they, you know, are athletes, but they don't necessarily run for an extended period of time. So those are like the non-running current athletes, although they run once in a while, just not, they don't love it. Um, and then the intermittent runner who hates it are people who do run, but they don't like it. And so that's, they have a different starting point altogether where they are fit and they can run, they can go out the door and run. But the, so the little training plan or the learn to love running plan in the book speaks to them. And so everybody has a different starting point that works with them and their body and where they're at. And I just think it's important to, again, know yourself, know where you're at and start from there as opposed to just follow, everyone follow the same training plan. It just right. doesn't really work very well. I don't think for everybody. No, it doesn't. And it's a sure way to injury. <laughs> right. I it may a add. sure way to injury. Yeah. I absolutely think so. Like yeah. following a training plan and not listening to your body and just, there's no one size fits all answer to any of this stuff, right? So. Agreed. Yeah. And also it. putting, like, I like that you keep reiterating, uh, check yourself, where are you at? Because yeah. your running peer is has totally different athleticism, body mechanics, like what they can do. And everybody really does compare themselves and I'm totally an advocate to not do that just right just on you it's absolutely fun. yeah we're all individuals we have different strengths weaknesses our bodies recover differently our bodies like respond differently to different workouts like it's very important with an injury prevention in mind and just success in 100%. liking what you're doing to listen to yourself so I'm glad 100%. we're all on the same page with that thank you yes I, I'm really I'm with you <laughs> Uh, what do you find is the most common misconception a beginner runner has when they first start running? I think a common misconception is that running is always going to suck. Thank because you. Because it's not. Thank <laughs> you. I love that was your answer. That's awesome. Okay, continue. Because it does suck in the beginning. And it does suck sometimes even later when you actually like it. You could have a crappy run. Like not everyone has a great run every time they go out. But as a beginning runner, it's good to have faith and know that it's not always going to suck. And whether that means you find the kind of running that works for you, like maybe you're someone who wants, who doesn't know it yet, but will really be happy running trails. Or maybe you're someone who's happier like running the track with your friend and racing them. It's just, it's not always gonna suck. And that, I think we talk about soreness a little bit, but like that feeling that you have is gonna go away, not the, Constant soreness, I mean, soreness is fine, but the feeling that you have as a beginning runner when you go out and you just cannot fathom how you're gonna keep going for longer than a handful of minutes goes away. And I remember that feeling, like it was decades ago for me, but I remember I went down to the beach that first time and like started running. Granted, I didn't realize that I shouldn't be running in the deep sand, but I was running and like could not get to like the next lifeguard tower. And I was so frustrated because I was like a volleyball player, a soccer player, like, track athlete even though I just jumped really and did some sprints but like I couldn't make it I couldn't I just couldn't make it and I was like walking within a block and so yeah and it was really frustrating but I just kept going but at that point I still had that goal of okay I have to do this if I want to play volleyball but it it just it kept me going and then all of a sudden it didn't suck all of a sudden there was one run I think it was like <laughs> sunset and I was running and I had gone further and further every time I'd gone down, but um, the sun was setting and I just hit this groove and it was like, oh, <laughs> it feels good. And then I just, from that point on, was like addicted to it so much so that once I quit playing volleyball, I just kept running. And so you remember it just that doesn't moment. always suck. 
What's that? You seem like you remember, you seem to like, you look like you went back to that place where it really impacted you. So like you remember that moment where it just switched over for you. And yep. that's something you keep with you forever. Like that's a moment I think, I know when it didn't suck for me anymore. I think, it's a, I, I think it's important that you'll actually know that moment where you're like, oh, this is good. Yeah. And it'll so I guess good. it's having the faith that that moment exists, right? Mm -hmm. And just not necessarily pushing through, like I have to keep running so I get to that moment, but like building up to it and being patient with yourself and your body and know that the moment exists out there if you build up to it gradually and be kind to yourself and then it won't suck. And then <laughs> you might actually love it. And it could be a lifelong thing for you and bring you so much joy. I love it, I love it. Faith that that is, it's possible and it exists. It's not it's, always gonna suck. I love that, thank you for saying that. <laughs> Thank you, because so many people believe, I can't tell you how many people I combat with that, and I'm like, well, who told you this? And why is this a belief system that you have now? Like, I know, the We're running limiting belief. Route. Yeah, running yeah. for sure gets a bad route. It's totally, like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so how would you describe then the runner's high to a beginner runner that's never even felt this? How would you describe that? Yeah, well, a little bit is just what I was describing with how it just all of a sudden clicked. But there is, I mean, there's scientifically, there's chemical endorphins that get released once you hit a certain point and they get released into your brain. And it's like this feeling of, I don't want to say nirvana, that's a huge promise, but like, <laughs> it's like a, uh, like a natural anti-inflammatory or like a, just a different feeling. It's like a, combating pain in a way in a natural way and there's also with the runner's high it has also been linked to like opioids and antidepressants and um, endocannabis so like all these things that make us feel good right so it's just something that clicks and I did um I was curious I was trying to research when I was writing the book like how long does it take to get that because people want to know like how long does it take and a coach I interviewed Stephen Magnus and a couple other things that I had researched said about you got to run about 30 minutes steady to hit it. And I don't know that that's not a hard mm. fast rule, but I think that's like maybe a magic number. So I think with beginning runners, if they just work to build up to that point and get steady state running for around 30 minutes is kind of when scientifically or anecdotally, even that that may be interesting. Hit. Yeah. So I, again, I don't remember how long it was for me or Maybe for me, it was also a combination of where I was. I mean, it was like on my favorite place. It was on my favorite beach at sunset. And who knows, maybe like a seagull went by. I mean, it might've been this like perfect combination of things, but um, yeah, it's a real thing though. It's a real thing. And you know, I go through stages. I don't feel it every time. I don't get a runner's high every time. But then when you do, there was a run even like a couple weeks ago where I hadn't, um, Felt like that in a while but it, i just all of a sudden did it was like at the end of a it was maybe mile five to seven of a run like and i just was like just running neighborhoods i've been doing a lot of like down the middle of neighborhood streets but i just hit it and was like wow wow i feel like i can keep going even though i wow. technically shouldn't feel like this right now but i did so it, it, it's great <laughs> when you can find it and it is out there <laughs> <laughs> not a myth it's not I a mess. It. It's a real thing. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That was sort of a but long answer. Good. No, no, because people don't realize that it is a real thing and they think it's just something you get on a marathon. And I like that you actually researched. There's an actually 30 minute, you know, that's huge. And right. Five, six, seven miles, you can feel it. That That's, that's oh, yeah. encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. And I don't think, I mean, for me, it was mile five or six or something, but like, I think you, obviously if it's 30 minutes, you can get it a lot sooner than that. Right. Totally. Just, yeah. 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 Running. Yeah. I love that. It's doable. Yeah. Yes. Um, so running groups. Yes. I get this question a <laughs> lot from my beginner runners. And so I'm, I'm interested in your pros and cons of whether to join or not to join. Our runners are pretty split. 50 are in them, 50 are not in them. They run solo. But whenever I get a new beginner, they're like, should I join a run group? And I'd love to hear your pros and cons for it. I know you go over it in the book a little bit. I just wanted to hear what your devil's sure. all is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think again, it comes back to knowing yourself and asking yourself a question. Like, are you an extrovert? Do you need social contact? Do you, are you motivated by meeting a group of people at a running spot? Or are you an introvert? Or are you like someone who has family around you all the time and kids clinging to you and therefore maybe you just really want to run by yourself? Like, I mean, what's going to set you up for success? I think like for me, I am like, what does is, what is my friend call me? I'm an extroverted introvert. So I'm like an introvert at heart. I totally value my runs by myself and that's the majority of my runs or with my dog who doesn't talk, but she's good company. I'm totally <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, causes no trouble. She's never late. Um, so, but I also really enjoy like my small group of girlfriends. Again, this is like before pandemic, but like a small group works for me occasionally, like maybe once a week, once every other, whatever. But like when I first moved to Boulder and I didn't know anyone, I like joined a Boulder trail runners group. And that was great. Cause I got to know people. I got to know trails. Um, that's a great thing about joining a running club is like you find new routes because somebody's taking you on these routes that maybe you would not have known before. Um, I met friends in a new town, which was fantastic. And, um, I go back and do a group run with them maybe once a year because <laughs> it's fun. But for me, I really, I need the alone time. I just really do, especially right now <laughs> yeah. with my husband in my house all the time and my kids. And, you know, I just, I, I crave the alone time, but I also like running with my son. You know, I'll take my son out for a run and that's like oh, that's my little awesome. group right now. Yeah. And I do miss my group of girlfriends that I run with, but um, I think there's pros and cons. I think you get the social accountability for one. So if you have a hard time motivating, joining a running group and them expecting you there, I don't know, maybe some groups don't like take roll call or anything, but just having to be somewhere at a certain time um, helps motivate people who maybe aren't so motivated to get out on their own. Um, so I think there's the pros of that. There's making friends, there's learning new routes, there's um, just getting outside of your comfort zone maybe, maybe meeting a love interest. I've heard a lot of stories on that end. Um, but then the running alone, it's like you kind of, I need the time to think and the space to be quiet and the ability to go when and where I want. That's another thing. Like I, I mean, I, I have the flexibility in my flexibility in my work day that I can, I feel like going running right now, I'm going to go. And so that doesn't require me setting up a running buddy or anything like that. So, um, it's pros and cons to both. I think it depends on your personality. It depends on your situation. It, you can mix it up, obviously, like, if you're burnt on running by yourself, maybe joining a running club is what's gonna reinvigorate your running. If you're running with a club all the time and you're burnt on that, maybe go on some adventures by yourself or go just do your own thing. I think mixing it up can help people who are in a rut 
or finding a new running partner can help. Like if you are someone who you don't see your friends enough and you really crave that one-on-one interaction, which is sort of more of an introverted thing, like the one-on-one thing works better than a huge group, then find that friend and meet up and go for runs. It could be a great way to hang out. I'd actually rather do that, like with one or two or three girlfriends than go have a girls' night. You know, I'd rather go on some mountain adventure with my friends than like, let's go have happy hour. I mean, both are fine, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a nice way to connect with your people. So, yeah. No, I, again, again. It no, it's not. It's a great <laughs> answer because it really lends, I mean, you really do, you're coming from a genuine place and it's really about knowing yourself and that's how yeah. things don't suck. It's when you're doing stuff right. that you really want to do and that jives with you and otherwise you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Exactly from just picking exactly. up to run to whether you're in a group to where you're going. Like it blends to that. So I, I love your answers. They're awesome. Good. Thanks. Um, so motivation, this is a huge yes. one. Running is a full body experience, which you kind of talked about briefly a couple of questions ago, but it's a lot to take for a beginner runner physically. So yeah. that initial soreness that you were talking about, um, how did you get past that initial soreness as a new runner? I mean, it was a long time ago. I know I was sore. I think I just had the end goal in mind. Like I knew I needed to become a runner, at least a runner that could run this timed mile to make this volleyball team. So I had, I think the goal helped me stay with it. Um, and I think also the location helped me stay with it. Again, I chose a place that I love to be no matter how sucky the activity was that I was doing. <laughs> So even at, when I felt terrible, I was still at my favorite place, right? And I was still enjoying my environment, even when it hurt to run or I just didn't feel great doing it for whatever reason. Um, so I think that sort of helped me get through that, both the goal and the place. Um, and then even, you know, I've had sometimes like coming back from having a baby, or an injury, and I've had a lot of injuries. Like your run pain-free really speaks to me because (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've had a lot, a lot of injuries and um, not to make running sound bad, but I have like, I have, I'm hypermobile. Like I have like a connective tissue disorder. So like I, my hips shift easily and I'm like constantly out of whack, hence the CrossFit, which helps me stay more aligned. And anyway, so, coming back off of injuries that I've had, like you feel the soreness again, you know, and like you got to build back up. But what's kept me going from that is that I now know like how much running does for me. And um, I always know even like, I don't like running early in the morning, but I know if I ever do, I, I'm like happy that I did. Right. It doesn't mean I do it often because I really don't like it. <laughs> but <laughs> now I'm like addicted to knowing, I mean, I'm addicted to the after even or the during that I know how much joy it brings me so that even when I am struggling getting back into shape after some time off I know it'll come back and I know that I'll be happy so I think that again it's a a little bit of faith knowing that it's not always you're not always going to be that sore um and just faith knowing that it can be really great and that you're going to be addicted to it eventually and um need it in a positive way yeah, I always say the reason why I do a lot of live streams and I talk about that, that running gets a bad rep, like you say, for the amount of injuries associated with it. 
But running, I, I, I turn that around and I say, you need to thank running because yeah. running is just exposing every problem you already have. You want yeah. to know now. You don't want to know when you're 70. You want to know yes. now when you can yeah. actually have the strength and endurance and will to actually address it properly and not wait till you're 70, 80 and you break a hip. Like you don't want to wait. That's a really, really, really good point. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I, I that's oh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I mean, my injuries, I don't have like running overuse injuries. It's not like I have bad knees from running right. for 30 years or anything like that. It's just more like out of whack stuff. Hypermobility <laughs> is a real thing. I work on it all the time, Lisa. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 So and know. I'll have hypermobility one side and no mobility the other side. So right. yeah, tightness yeah. on that side, yeah, which yeah, makes yeah. everything work. Yeah. So anyway, that's <laughs> something I'm constantly dealing with. But um, yeah, I mean, I think just, again, having faith that it's not always going to be terrible. And, and you've also <laughs> learned what that is also. Like you've learned what yeah. that is about your body. So you've right. learned that to address your body's needs. It's really, I mean, that's really what it's lended to you. So um, yes, that's good. Point. Which like comes back to your point about what we were talking about a little bit ago about, um, again, listening to your body, but not strictly following a training plan, whether, you know, in whatever situation like I don't really agree with that I don't I I mean run streaks don't work for me personally because if I <laughs> thank you if I don't listen to my body I just screw myself basically like <laughs> I just got it I just got a message from a client today um coach can what do you think about me doing a run streak is that a terrible idea I really did take a moment to to say it another way but I could I'm like no this is a terrible idea we're not doing yeah. this you know so, and you have, she has abundance of injuries. No. <laughs> oh yeah. I, <laughs> no, for so many I reasons. Some people can pull it off, like very naturally efficient people who don't get injured much or whatever, but like it doesn't work for the general public. It, Agreed. I just don't, it doesn't sit well with me because I just so believe in listening to your body. And if you don't, you get in all sorts of trouble, right? All I mean, sorts all of trouble. Of even if you're not hypermobile like me, you know? A hundred, if you're the complete, complete opposite, it's just as bad. When there's right. no mobility, it's just as bad. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, 100% agreed. Yeah. We're on the same page, Lisa. I know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Great interview, right? I know it. It was one of our very first interviews we did for the Marathon Training Summit, and it was so enjoyable to speak with Lisa. Make sure you head on over to the description of this podcast where you'll find the link that you will get the advanced session of her interview, as well as all of the other experts that we interviewed for the Marathon Training Summit. Enjoy. You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast, brought to you by the Run Pain-Free Academy, featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Subscribe to us as you leave a positive review on iTunes.